to the One Two Three Show with me, Billy Clark, sitting in for Nori Mir on this Wednesday, the 18th. This song is Rico. It's called Sea Cruise, and it's very topical for what we've got coming up next. We got Cruz McCalligan in the studio. She's here to talk about aquariums. Should be an interesting topic. Okay, good afternoon, Cruz. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you, Billy. It's nice to meet you. Did you like that song? I did. I thought it was um, it there was there was multi-level puns, which I'm always going to appreciate because I am not remotely cool with my sense of humour. So thank you for that. It, it's, a, it's a perfect segue as well, which which is what we try to do when we're, when we're yes. radio DJs. Yes, we love exactly. to segue into new things. Yeah, a nice segue. Well, we're going to segue um into aquariums. So, mm-hmm. okay, why are we talking about aquariums? Okay, good question. Mm. I've developed a weird hobby in the last couple of months. I think because of spending more time at home with mm-hmm. COVID or something, I've gotten really into fish tanks. Have you got your own one? I have one. I, I mean, I say a hobby. Like, it's quite hard to have a hobby. You have just one thing. That counts. I have a fish tank. You've got your own ecosystem. Yes, and, and I've evolved. I've learned. There's been many fish lives lost along the way. Um, but I didn't know much about it before. Like, I'd had goldfish and stuff as a kid, right? In a, I'm sure. Did you, when you were growing up, did you ever have, like, fish in a tank I think home? we were more dog and cat people. Oh, sure. I, okay. I had a turtle. I had a turtle. Oh, yeah, so turtle. That, that, that's that had interesting. Its own... Yeah, okay. There we go. That's It's in the tank arena. Yep. <laughs> um, anyway, so we, I had, like, fish when I was growing up and stuff. But you never really, I never really understood the way it works. And then when I kind of started getting into it, I was like, oh, I really want to have some fish at home. I might just liven the place up. Mm-hmm. And then I realized it's actually really complicated. <laughs> and it's creating an entire ecosystem in a mm. glass box, you know, like, and our our aqua environments like Mm -hmm. whether it's lakes or the ocean are incredibly finely tuned beautiful ecosystems right and if we're going to try and um, like mimic that Mm. in a glass box in our living rooms it's actually quite complicated and i won't lie you develop a bit of a god complex about it you know (laughs) like like i'm responsible for all these lives this is such a balance and you know i didn't even realize basic things that you need to have um like certain kinds of bacteria in the water. Like I didn't even realize that, you know, like you need a a tank to be cycled, which means there's good bacteria to break down all the waste product from fish and to keep everything healthy and plants can help with that. And they're like, oh, it's really complicated, but really fascinating. Do you need a filter? One of those electric filters? Yeah, the filter, but the filter's just really there to just move the water or or give a place for good bacteria to live. It's not really to like like, um, filter out poo, which is what I thought a fish tank filter (laughs) was for. Anyway, it's super fascinating. And I've I've currently, um, I even have to, you have to quarantine Quarantine fish, which was a little bit topical. No way. I had to quarantine fish before adding them to my tank. Do, do they have fish, fish masks they have to wear? <laughs> no, they were just kept there for observation uh. for a two-week period, actually. So it was, it was all of it was very topical. Wow. But they've just moved them over. So I have a whole um, I have a whole fish tank set up right now. I've got substrate. I've planted aqua plants. I'm wow. like, I'm really into it. Well okay, done. It's a bit dorky. I stay up really late watching videos on YouTube. It's just a thing. It's become a thing. Nice. Um, but it made me think a little bit about aquariums. And so um, I thought that's what we could talk about today mm. because it is really interesting. Um, and of course, like in Hong Kong, we do have some pretty amazing aquariums. Ocean Park has some pretty spectacular aquariums. Um, I have my own views about like, you know, animals in captivity. But like aquariums are quite an interesting thing, fish aquariums. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know this, but the job market for an aquarium is mm. incredibly competitive. Really? Yeah. Is it a very specialist? I, it's I would very imagine. specialist. You need to you need to have um, a degree in biology or a related field. Um, if you work at a big aquarium, mm-hmm. you probably have to be scuba certified as well. Scuba certified. It's one of those like things that wouldn't always be useful on a CV. That's but a really would cool term. Want... <laughs> do, you, do you think James Bond is scuba certified? I think he would be. I think he'd be <laughs> multiple kinds of certified. Um, but anyway, so that's really interesting. 
Um, and so, yeah, so it's quite a it's quite a difficult job to get into. So mm. people would just want to, but you actually you're kind of in it for life. And I always years think, of training. Yeah, and mm. I often think it would just be amazing to just stay there and just watch these fish all day long and then work out what's yep. going on. Um, but of course, there's lots of things that can happen in an aquarium. Apparently, octopuses cause mayhem because they're so intelligent, right? I actually don't know if I think octopuses should be in captivity wow. because I think they're so intelligent, they're so amazing. I've heard that. Yeah. yeah. In 2008, an octopus at a German aquarium deliberately short-circuited the lamp above his tank by squirting a jet of water at the fixture, um, which is absolutely amazing. Um, uh, Not to be outdone, an octopus at the Santa Monica Pier Aquarium in the States caused a minor flood the next year, and after the creature loosened a water control valve that fed into its own filtration system, 200 gallons of seawater poured onto the surrounding floor. Wow. And and then again, um, an octopus pulled off an incredible escape at the New Zealand National Aquarium when they found that their octopus, Inky, had crawled out of his tank and squeezed into a six-inch wide drain, which led directly into the Pacific Ocean. I mean, like, it's like the Nemo movies. Like, Genius. I was going to say, it's yeah, exactly it's like, 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 fi- it's finding like It's Nemo. based in a lot of reality, I think. Finding um, the octopus. Yeah, so it's kind of fascinating. Um so it's quite amazing. Now, of course, um, what's super um, interesting as well is there's lots of problems you probably wouldn't think about if you wanted to work as an aquarist. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for example, you should probably brush up on your plumbing skills. Mm-hmm. Um, those with, who work with captive fish and marine animals deal with all manner of filters, valves and pumps. Mm-hmm. And the bigger the aquarium, the more elaborate the pumping, which I never really thought about. You'd have to have yeah. such an intense engineering mind to be able to make all of that work. To connect right? all those parts and get, totally. get them all running I mean, like, and operating. Even with my little fish tank at home, I'm like, okay well the bubbles go up this way and the water comes in this way and you want to create a like you know i mean that's that's the extent of my my engineering mindset um so that's super interesting um apparently um uh, you know, do you remember touch tanks? I haven't seen one for a long time. I think they probably weren't COVID friendly. You know, mm. like the the touch tanks, the roofless enclosures where you could reach down and touch little aquatic animals like sea cucumbers and things. Did yeah. you ever do that as a kid? And, and I also know that Thailand has a bit of tourism on, on, on that sense. They like, like There's ones you can put your feet in and the fish will bite. Oh, the fish eat, your, they, they bite eat off the dead skin the, off your feet. The excess <laughs> skin, yeah, which is kind of weird. I've never tried that. No, and... I don't know if I could do that. I just yeah. wouldn't wish that on anybody else. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so of course, um, so yeah, so it's it's really interesting. So um, they have like touch tanks, which are um, they often have a um, very strict policies around touch tanks, apparently, I hope so. which yeah. they should really. And um, apparently, it's also really common practice that you should be washing your hands before you touch a tank because mm-hmm. you can introduce really negative bacteria and stuff like that into those animals. I would imagine. Um, Exactly. Now, um, of course, aquariums also um, tend to trade animals, which is super interesting. So mm-hmm. they. Um, they apparently have um so yeah. this is kind of like a market there's kind the of a marketplace people... around the world and of course a oh, lot of animals in wow. aquariums are you know i mean i think it's like we're getting to the point as a as humans now realizing it's not nice to capture things wild and put them in a yep. box mm-hmm. um but now of course a lot of those animals are born in captivity so they kind of like there's a big trade there mm. also aquariums also perform animal autopsies um yep. they have to report every single death and sometimes a staff veterinarian will perform an necropsy which is an animal autopsy to necropsy. understand why a creature died mm. and then this can like understand if a fish was killed by some kind of disease or stuff like that if there's an outbreak it can wipe out an entire tank i mean it's like mm. it's pretty fascinating yeah but as beautiful as it sounds like just standing there looking at the fish all day the majority of your work if you work as an aquarist mm-hmm. is cleaning cleaning um, yep cleaning <laughs> that's what you do you clean um 
I, I so, studied at four years at university, yeah, and here to, I am. To squeeze the outside of a tank. Yeah. the side of a tank. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, of course, at Ocean Park, they've got a lot of sharks in the aquarium, which is super interesting. Mm. Um, nurse sharks and lemon sharks and other good-sized species often share huge, expensive enclosures with various smaller fish. Mm. But I've always wondered, I'm like, why aren't they eating all the fish, right? Now, yes. apparently, um, that's because... <clears throat> When a carnivore's belly stays full, it loses the urge to hunt. Ah. So it's like, you know, you sh- when you go to the supermarket, don't go to the supermarket hungry, yeah. right? Like, you know, like that kind of idea. <laughs> Otherwise so, you aqu- start taking all the chocolate. Exactly. <laughs> so aqu- uh, aquarists make sure that sharks stay satisfied. Um, so they basically... Um, they can give three times every week. Predatory fish can be given up to two to three percent of their body weight in food, wow. um, which is amazing. So a typical meal probably consists of some mackerel meat dipped into the tank at the end of a large pole. So I don't think we often see this, but that's yeah. probably why they're not eating all of the other. I've, I've heard this. I saw a documentary about piranhas. Oh, and really? If, if, if it, was, it was a great documentary. This guy basically was talking for an hour about how he was about to go take a dip with piranhas. He was going to swim with piranhas. Oh, my God. And, and, and they came down to the science of it. They said, well, just like you said, if the piranhas are full, they are fed, they are happy, they swam with him and they didn't bite him at all. It was wow. amazing. Oh, so my goodness. So he was really, really brave to do that. Oh, but my God. I'm sorry. I wouldn't have. Maybe sharks like, yeah. is, is the, next, the next step. <laughs> the next step. Yeah, sure. Oh, <laughs> gosh. I couldn't do that. I think a, a piranha freaks me out more than a shark if I'm being completely honest I think so too this little thing with this very thing, very small, sharp teeth like the fact they have the I don't know there, there was too a horror movie as well yeah, yeah. I think that's it right did anyway. it did it did it <laughs> <laughs> yeah <clears throat> at this point I think we need more sharks um <clears throat> Anyway, so mm-hmm. why do we, a little bit of history, why do we put fish in a glass box, yeah. right? Why do we do this? So um, before the, the development of the glazed tank, zoologists would use bell jars, sweet jars, vases, and drinking glasses to study aquatic life. Mm. In the 19th century, growing scientific curiosity in, um, encouraged a search for new perspective on life underwater. Mm. And of course, a, um, a glass-fronted aquarium with plants and animals proved to be this answer, the see-through, you know, the see-through river, this box up ocean. It was like really fascinating for that kind of generation of, mm-hmm. of scientists and zoologists. And of course, superior to any bowl of vase is a oblong container made of flat glass because we can actually see an undistorted underwater view of the entire aqua, um, aquatic ah. community. Now, um, one of the first tanks, um, which was popularized by a marine zoologist in 1810, um, which was the well-maintained rectangular glass vessel, and this coined the term aquarium. Um, Mm. And this was a marine zoologist, Philip H. Goss, who one of his first tanks was two feet by one feet by one feet and held 20 gallons of water. Mm. Um, It had glass panes secured with putty and wood beading and a slate covered the base in clay and sand and rock. And above the tank was an aeration unit dripping two gallons of salt water into it each day Um, and so it's quite fascinating again it's like people who keep fish tanks you do have this little tiny god complex but you're trying to recreate (laughs) this beautiful incredible exquisite perfected over hundreds of millions of years ecosystem in a box right so it's kind of fascinating um nature in a box nature in a box um so, of course, what's interesting is, of course, uh, you've got scientists using it. But, of course, as that pop becomes more popular, mm-hmm. this results in many aspiring Victorian families um, to take nature into their homes for fun and self-improvement. Mm-hmm. And the glass aquarium captured the imagination of the British public and led to this short-lived excitement for glazed domestic centerpieces. So mm. they used to have these sorts of like aquariums in their homes. It would be like a pride of place type of thing. Mm. And I 
guess you still get that now. Like if we think about yeah. like and the it, homes of the really, really, really rich, you think of these incredible indoor aquariums. Like if you're so wealthy, you could have a coral reef in your bathroom. You know that kind I mean, of thing. I, th- I think there was one club back in the day in, around Lang Kwai Fong, and they had a shark oh, in a tank. Really, I, 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 I don't, don't remember, even remember this. I don't remember what it was. It was like 15, 20 years ago. If any, if any of our listeners remember, but I, I believe there was, and and I, I don't think it lasted very long. <laughs> Gosh. For, for obvious yeah, reasons. Yeah, for obvious reasons. <laughs> oh my god. Probably <laughs> first because sharks aren't fans of like the heavy bass probably as yep. well. Not very comfortable. For, I mean, would a human like to be stuck in a tank no, and, and look at for hours? Not at all. I find it difficult just going through like some of the fish markets in Hong Kong and seeing like some huge group of fish and stuff like that in such a small space. Yeah, in the plastic um, bags. So is, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of ethics and a lot of like um, ethical stuff you have to do when you have like animal husbandry anyway, mm-hmm. right? And and for fish, it's the same. Like even a goldfish is supposed to have at least like, I think 10 gallons per fish. Like, you know, you have to have quite a large tank. And I remember mm. like um, much to my husband's dismay, having to upsize my tank multiple times because I would lie awake at night going, it's just not ethical. <laughs> it's not humane. It's not they need enough. more space. Um, so that's pretty interesting as well. So now your whole house is basically a tank and, and you just have your <laughs> If only, <laughs> if only. Um, but yes, but of course, at what point in history did mankind look at the fish as a creature that could help decorate interiors and give them mm. a certain vibe as not an object to eat? Because of course, like none of us particularly fancy eating a goldfish. Right? Yeah, you're not going to you stick know. your finger in there like no, a, like a no. Tom and Jerry. And just, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, they, they, we, if you look in history, they had fish farming ponds in ancient Mesopotamia, Egypt mm. and Rome. But this had nothing to do about aesthetic qualities. It was just about farming fish, right? Farming, so yeah. that was, you know, that kind of thing. Um, fish keeping yeah. was born about 1500 years ago when... Um, in China, appreciated the appearance of the gibble carp with gold coloration. Mm. And this is how the search for pretty looking species began. So it's hard to explain this. They have a beautiful exhibition about this at Ocean Park, actually, about the goldfish. And mm. you see the goldfish was just a genetic mutation that was inbred to create this beautiful, fancy wow, looking fish. Like, it's not like a net. Yeah, like a fancy looking goldfish with all ah. its funny, f- uh, like beautiful fins for, and for lots of colour. It's, it's just something that's been selectively bred. They don't naturally look like that. But Mm. Of course, um, so this is what happened. So they were caught and they were let into garden ponds, all these pretty little genetic mutations. <laughs> and this led to the breeding of the first goldfish. And although mm. um, the people of China had no doubts about the relaxing properties of watching the life of the fish, it was only about 600 years ago that they thought about transferring the content of the pond into their home. Mm. And since then, um, you know, that's where we think about artificial fish tanks and stuff like that as well. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Yeah, definitely. Um, in Japan, they, um, they had a... Um, they they had specific porcelain vases for keeping fish at home mm-hmm. and of course fish quickly made their way from the Far East to Europe where aquariums appeared in the 17th century and of course they were only you know only for the wealthy mm. um, but how did the fish get to European aquariums apparently um, in the 17th century uh, a fisherman from Strasbourg kept his fish in huge jars filled with red sand mm-hmm. and a, um, a zoologist from Geneva built a prototype of today's aquarium for them the kind of cuboid mm. Um, and they would without um, they found that of course if you just put them in this box they, they weren't living very happily and they were kind of suffering mm. and that's when the revolution in fish keeping came about in 1830 when they started using oxygenation in aquariums and over time the interior began to reflect the natural environment of fish I so see. it was like now when people talk about being kind of like aqua enthusiasts like yeah. having like very passionate about their fish tank like me yeah. you're trying to create a beautiful natural environment you're not 
not trying to make an artificial. You're trying to like replicate replicate this this balanced ecosystem, ecosystem, which yeah. is a fascinating and creates so much appreciation for the natural order of things. To be completely honest, yeah, um, you're becoming Mother Nature. Or, <laughs> it or is a god complex, as I said. Father yeah. Nature. I think that we don't think about that, but of course, it's it's a really popular ho- hobby. Mm. Um, in Poland, there are about 600 to 800,000 aquariums. Apparently, it's really popular wow. in Poland. That's something that happens all the time. Well, well, the Polish are very in touch with nature anyway. Yeah, so yeah, maybe that that's what it is. Kind of makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, of course, um, uh, the, in recent years, the experience of visitors to aquariums has become more intense as a result of developments which mm-hmm. not only enable us to look at the variety of marine life on display, mm-hmm. but make us feel that we're actually below the water, which is quite incredible when you think about it. Like if, oh, if you imagine yeah. that before, you could only ever look down at fish or even when, you know, before the advent of goggles, like yeah. being able to see a fish in the water is quite a remarkable idea. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to call out, but Ocean Park, again, has a great uh, spiral um Yes, and you display. go down, down, down. Exactly. Yep, and it yep. changes as you go down. Absolutely. Um, so, of course, um, in uh, so, yeah, so that's kind of fascinating. Um, in, 1980, uh, in 1984, the Monterey Bay Aquarium, which I've never been to, but I feel like mm. it's in, like, a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It always comes up in, oh, Mon- oh they're at Monterey Bay Aquarium. Oh, yeah. okay, they're at Monterey Bay Aquarium. The, the Hollywood um, Aquarium. <laughs> yes, yes. It built a 10-meter high viewing tank in 1984 which would have just been like a revolution mm-hmm. and then um this i have been to in auckland new zealand mm-hmm. um they have kelly tarleton's underwater world which was the first place to introduce an acrylic tunnel to its aquarium to give oh, visitors yeah. the feeling of being below the surface so and, that's really and those interesting. are famous now yeah yeah of course they we see those all the time now that you go into the yeah. the tunnel underneath and, and then something. they incorporate travelators because people yeah. are too lazy to walk yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as if you need to go faster than the fish you're looking at um of course um and there's a shark eyeing you up as you're walking along. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's 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 amazing all the different things that people are, are doing. And of course, all aquariums have moved on from the days where their function was just to to satisfy the curious. They now are really important, vital role in the conservation of marine life, mm-hmm. research, education. They offer an experience of marine life below the waterline. Um, of course, mm-hmm. things like scuba diving are not accessible for everybody to yeah. do so. I mean, there's also a lot of faff. I do <laughs> like scuba diving, but I find it a lot of faff. <laughs> um, I love being in the ocean. I don't love lugging loads of equipment into it with me. There's a big learning curve. There's a big learning curve involved in that for sure. Um, so they're they're pretty inspiring in that way as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so today you have like all these incredible things where people use different kinds of plants and mm-hmm. you have these massive competitions. One thing I found super fascinating recently is like aquascaping, which is when people kind of oh, like, you have to so imagine you start, there'll be like a timed competition. People will watch a master at work, right? Wow. So they'll come and there'll be like some guy, he'll be from like a remote part of Japan and he'll be a creative artistic genius. Yeah, And he'll have this Japan. big, big <laughs> empty, beautiful glass box. Wow. And then, um, and then all like slowly he'll create like layers of gravel and like in an empty box no water in it or anything and just build it up and just build it up and you've got like gravel and then sand and then bits of driftwood and then wow. tying like aqua moss like they tie it around the driftwood with like 
thread uh-huh. so it stays and then it creates and you have to plant um you have to plant the plants into the substrate which is amazing i had to i did this recently i had to buy a super long pair of tweezers yeah. specifically for the purpose <laughs> of poking the roots of an aqua plant into sand wow um and then of course like you know slowly Nerd. you create this <laughs> yeah actually I'm, I'm i'm very proud of this hobby no it's cool. um, and you have like a lot of a lot of um depth and the kind of magic that you create mm. in this environment yeah um and then of course you have you set all this scene up and then you have to fill the whole thing up with water yeah. and it creates this even more magical thing and then you have to like add certain kinds of fish and you have to have fish that like you can have little shrimps that go and clean all the algae and you can have fish that suck the algae off the side of the tank and yeah. you have the fish that stay at the top and the fish that stay in the bottom and the, the fish that you can't have that eat this plant the fish that you can't so it's it's kind of an wow. incredible incredible thing um, and in Hong Kong we of course I think it's a lot more popular as a hobby than people realise because yeah. I've, I've been in certain homes every so often you see um, just a big tank sitting in the living room yeah it's taking up half the space and then there's, there's these big fish some, sometimes you know you've yeah. got carp and stuff like that also I, I believe it's kind of a feng shui thing as well yeah of course it is yeah. yeah you can only have so many like certain numbers of fish mm-hmm. yeah of course i never even thought about that of course yeah. in hong kong it's a real feng shui thing i remember yeah. the first time i bought goldfish they're like you can't buy less than six of them i'm like i can't please can i there's a lot of goldfish <laughs> there's, um, there's a rule <laughs> but yes as usual i can finish on a couple of um quotes yeah. um so i have a couple of quotes um around this for my topic today mm-hmm. um the first one is not attributed to anyone but it was lovely it mm. said aquarium fish make us realize how beautiful silence is wow which i thought was really quite lovely yeah they always um, are mesmerizing when you sit there and just watch an aquarium you can just sit in yeah. peace and just i do i do in the morning the now glide. yeah I, I i get my cup of coffee and i sit on the floor and i stare at my aquarium <laughs> it's a bit odd but um it's very calming i think yeah. it's meditative and the next one is from zoologist loreen isley who said if there is magic on this planet it's contained in water mm. which i also thought was very beautiful yeah and of course we all come from the water as well you know of course. The, 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 that, that's where our, our roots are yeah. but that was a very fascinating topic I, yeah. I never knew there was so much to it, you yeah, know. And, and I, I know you're like a, a an aquarium nerd now. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I often ask, "Can I have another fish tank?" And my husband's like, "We live in Hong Kong. We don't have space." No. Sad, <laughs> like, sad but true. I just have the one. I, I, <laughs> if anyone I, would like me to do them one, let me know. Yeah, exactly. you, you, can, you can outsource. <laughs> I can outsource. Yeah. What, what is it called? An aquarist? Aqu- an aquarius. Aquarist. 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 One of, yeah. one of those. Aquarist. Yeah. Aquarius, but it's very interesting. Mm. Oh well, thank you for that topic. You're very welcome, Billy. Will you be back at the same time next I Wednesday? I hope I will be. Okay. <laughs> that was Cruz McElligan. Thank you for coming in and talking about all things fish. Stay tuned for the news. We're going to play a bit of music just before that.